Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported. That means we truly depend on you in order to bring this resource to you. If you don't already support us financially, you could do so. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. You'll see our three friendly yellow buttons there. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. Click on one of them and fill that out. If you'd like to support us the traditional way, you can make your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith and send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. It's time for another edition of Fighting for the Faith. Friday, November 8th, 2019. got the band back together. We're on a mission from God. <laughs> I'll explain in a minute. Thank you for tuning in. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. My name is Chris Roseborough. I am your servant in Jesus Christ, and this is the program. That dishes up a daily dose of biblical discernment, the goal of which, help you to think biblically, help you to think critically, and help you to slow down, stop, open up your Bible, and compare. Compare what people are saying in the name of God to the Word of God. Sadly, there is no shortage of crazy things being said out there, and we take the time to open up God's Word, to compare and contrast with the most popular pastors, preachers, teachers, conference speakers, self-proclaimed prophets, prophetesses, self-appointed apostles and apostolettes, and those generally put forward by the evangelical industrial complex as those whom we need to be listening to, whose books apparently we need to be buying, and whose small group curricula we should be studying instead of the Word of God. Yeah, weird how that works. Over it again, we demonstrate that the steady diet of doctrine that is put forward for consumption by the average evangelical is far from biblical, far from what God's Word says. There's a whole lot of Bible twisting going on out there, and we're trying to save you a whole lot of woe and uh, and bring you the joy of uh, what the Bible really teaches and what it says. It's so much better uh, than uh, what today's Bible twisters would lead you to believe. Now, all that being said, today what we're going to be doing, switching it up a little bit. Earlier today, I recorded a conversation with Stephen Kozar and Amy Spreeman. Yeah, this is our pirate gang conversations here. Yeah. And uh, the pirate gang conversation centered on uh, the topic of, of, of good discernment versus bad discernment and the fact that there are some who are doing discernment who uh, we will label as smear merchants. They're not really serving the body of Christ. They're serving themselves, and they are they are attacking, uh, you know, believers, you know, uh, who have done nothing really wrong, and and doing all kinds of harm to the body of Christ as a result of it. And so we, what we want to do is uh, make the distinction between what is real discernment, what its role is. And uh, and what it needs to be motivated by, as opposed to bad discernment, the traits that you would expect to see in bad discernment, and those who are trafficking as smear merchants. So let's get to it. 
Uh, here is uh, part one of our pirate gang conversation on good discernment versus bad discernment. Here we go. Hi, Amy. Hi, Steve. Hey, Chris. Hey, Chris. Good morning. Uh, good morning. So, um, so Amy Spreeman, uh, you know, real quick, uh, you you were you, you've kind of put your Berean uh, blog on the on on the back burner for a while. You're doing you're you, you've got a fine vocation now working out in the uh, in the nonprofit world. And uh, Stephen Kozar, mm-hmm. aside from being a, a painter who brushes with you know a single hair brush, you know, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know how you do that. Um, you, you 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 run the messed up church blog. Yeah, if you want to call it running the blog, it's more like scrambling for my life. I'm juggling so many things. I'm I'm failing at all of them at one point or another. But yeah, the blog uh, started as a tiny little blog. You took me on. And so I kept growing it for about three, four years. And mm-hmm. then uh, I decided to make it its own website. So it had more categories and it was easy to access information. And and then I'm doing some stuff on uh, my YouTube channel, uh, making these little videos, which I really love. And now that I figured out just the bare essentials of making videos, uh, I'm really hooked. So yeah. I've been really busy. All right. Well, very good. I, I, I will note that uh, uh, on Wednesday, we... Um... We played one of your interviews, and I call it a messed up interview. It just, I, just, I just saw I that, took, yeah. took hey, joy I you. in that. <laughs> you know what's really funny? Um, I know that my real official name is Stephen. That's what it says on the screen. But you called me Stephen in the intro to my interview with Rob Bowman. When we start our interview by him asking me, should I call you Steve or Stephen? And I said, oh, nobody calls me Stephen, just my mother-in-law. And we had a laugh. Well, I do. But you just... <laughs> Yeah, so call me, just call me Kozar. How I just call I, you Kozar. How about if I call you late for dinner? Never mind. <laughs> well, yeah. but um, I got my drum right over there. I should have brought that near. I know you do. I've been in your basement. So uh, now, now, Amy, real so quick, I. real quick, you, uh, you're you're not doing the Berean Examiner, but uh, you are doing some uh, some discernment work online, and you, you've got a you've got a, uh, a person that's in doing the crime with you. Uh, tell me a little about uh, about your latest endeavor. Well, uh, Michelle Leslie and I, um, many of you know her. She's a a fine uh, discernment blogger. She leads women's Bible studies. Uh, She and I teamed up a a couple months ago to launch a podcast just because we thought, you know, there there are people who um, need to hear some things, and she's got a unique audience, and I do too. Uh, So we started this, um, not really a blog, it's, it's a podcast, and it's called a word fitly spoken and um nice. we're having a lot of fun with it yeah yeah we we uh once a week we're on um all the different uh, channels so if you want to tune in and let us know what you think but uh yeah we, we're, we're talking about how to we actually had a show called how to do discernment <laughs> so, um but yeah. and one of many yeah now, now unfortunately it's needed yeah it, it, it and it has always been ever since i've entered into yeah. the discernment uh, space now i started off as a uh, counter cult apologist and when i found that there were like mega church pastors twisting the bible as badly as the mormons and the jw's um i i I was compelled to uh to jump in if you would uh and uh and and start doing discernment work and saying wait a second as as christians we're you know pastors are supposed to rightly handle the word of god and it's really dangerous when they don't and uh, and that's when I, I I made the switch. Now a little bit of a note here, and that is is that I, I'm actually formally trained as a Christian apologist. Uh, you know, so uh, so you know, this goes back to my uh, undergraduate work and other studies that I've done. 
uh, formerly trained by uh, Dr. Rod Rosenblatt, uh, John Warwick Montgomery. I actually have a certificate from the International Apologetics Academy. And then um, and then hey, I had a lot of training. I didn't know that. Yeah, it's true. I, I have that, Steve. I actually wrote a paper and stuff. You went to the same thing I did? <laughs> I, I, I got to do it here in, uh, in the States. I haven't actually really? been to Strasbourg. But yeah, years and How years. How did I and not years. know that? Yeah, I don't know. I don't talk about it that much. Huh. That's just that's really interesting. Okay, sorry to interrupt. Yep. So, and then and of course, then you know, I I I have a seminary degree and and other things, but uh, and and also I you know I was trained formally in like certain apologetic strategies and tactics from uh, the late Bob and Gretchen Pazentino, who were like uh, a lot of people don't know that Gretchen Pazentino was the ghostwriter for uh, Walter Martin, and so you know. Oh. So as, as, as somebody who's been doing apologetic and discernment work, you know, as you know, really formally trained in it and doing it for almost three decades now, man, I cannot believe the numbers are getting up that high. But uh, I would note then that uh, my mentors always made it very clear that when it comes to discernment, uh, when it comes to doing apologetic work, uh, that you have to rightly make a distinction between error and heresy and there was a lot of emphasis in my uh, uh, apologetic training in not engaging in what are called uh, logical fallacies. And mm-hmm. what I find is, is that uh, there are some, not, not all, but there are some people who are not formally trained. And, they, and even though they're not formally trained, they don't seem to be making eff- any effort to rightly engage in discernment at all. It, if you're not formally trained, if you apply yourself to this, the information is out there. But what ends up happening is, is that they kind of take on everybody. They make no distinction between error and heresy. And then all the good guys, you know, who are actually doing real discernment work get thrown under the bus. And I, I, you know, and it's all by guilt, by association and bad logical fallacies. And, and so uh, we're going to put them into the category of dirty smear merchants. These, these are, this is not discernment and it doesn't serve the body of Christ. At the end of the day, the sermon is a gift given by the Holy Spirit for the body for the purpose of identifying false teachers so that you can mark and avoid them. And, and, and this is a service done in love to neighbor and to the church. Um, when, you, when you are engaging in smear merchant and you know, kind of yellow journalism kind of stuff, oftentimes the emphasis is not going to be on the truth or what the Bible says or even loving neighbor. The emphasis is going to be on the person doing the discernment work and their rhetoric and things like that. Now, Amy, before we get to yes. the article, which we'll work our way through, because <clears throat> I have it up on the screen. We'll put a link down below in the description. Uh, it's a discernment tips, clear thinking discernment by uh, Stephen Cozart. I think it's a fine article worth passing along, yeah. but uh, you know, talking about guilt by association there, you, you recently, you know, it's like within the past year, you were invited to speak at a conference put on by answers in Genesis and um, and there uh, there was somebody who was also invited who you had no idea about. This was uh, Jackie Hill Perry, who, uh, right. you know, I would put her in the avoid like the plague category. Um, and she's actually kind of proven that all on her own several times over now. But, uh, you know, she was also invited. So, but mm-hmm. uh, what ended up happening is, is that when the roster came out, uh, there, the, the uh, I would say that there was a whole group of people doing discernment who engaged in this guilt by association thing and, and, and threw you under the bus. You, you are a hypocrite. You, you have no discernment, Amy. 
how dare you speak at a conference where Jackie Hill Perry is speaking and walk us through what happened? Because I think this is just a great case in point of how not to do discernment. Right. Well, it it took me by surprise. Um, Actually, it was longer than a year ago. I would say it was almost two years ago now that um, Answers in Genesis invited me back. I had been there before for a conference in 2017 called the Discern Conference. Um, Fabulous. It was uh, really a great experience. And I I talked um, about the NAR. And uh, so um, they invited me back to talk about, uh, you know, this, this one's called the Truth Conference. And um, they asked if I would talk about some of the other different kinds of um, traps that uh, we can get into theologically, uh, you know, so what are the top 10 false teachings, that kind of thing. So, so I'm going to be doing that again. Um, the conference isn't until um, this, this spring. Um, so I put it aside. I knew what I was talking about. I sent my outline in and I went on with my job and my family and my life. And uh, lo and behold, um, the roster came up, didn't even know. And uh, one of the new uh, invitees was Jackie Hill Perry. Mm-hmm. And of course, I knew that she was in the avoid like the plague area. Um, but I didn't realize that she was going to be uh, at this thing until um, I want to say end of summer, early September. Um, I was sent a screenshot of of uh, not only the roster, uh, but a whole bunch of comments from people saying what a traitor that I was uh, to Christ for going to a Jackie Hill Perry event, which I don't know how that became a Jackie Hill Perry event. But um, so I I got actually some of the words that were used here. It's kind of funny now. Um, Let's see here. Uh, Let's see. Um, And and I'm speaking with um, Phil Johnson and um, Costihan was going to come, but he is uh, having a, his wife is having a baby. I think it's their fourth. So anyway, at the time it was, it was Phil and I and a few other people, um, Aaron Benzinger. And uh, it's like uh, Amy Freeman speaking at a conference with Jackie Hill Perry. I won't even say the name that this person called her, but it was just obscene. Shame on you guys. Discernment without holiness is treason. So now I'm treasonous. Um, you all have no excuse and you know better. You're not leading the discernment community. You're betraying it. And so that was the start. Uh, that was one comment by um, one discerner. Were you, were you contacted by this person to, uh, did, they, did they ask you to, you know, if you knew that Jackie Hill Perry was going to be speaking yeah. at the event, they made no effort to contact you at all. Of course not. No, right. they just, uh, you know, kind of, they kind of blindsided me. So I get this news that Jackie Hill Perry is speaking one, that's a problem. Okay. But then all of a sudden, all of these people are pinging me and um, flooding my um, inbox. And I, I'm hearing, you know, what what's going on? Why in the world? Don't you have any discernment? I trusted you. One woman said, um, I've listened to you for years and uh, I'm just so disappointed in you. <laughs> did you, did you betray Jesus with a kiss, Amy? That's what I want to know. Um, there, there was no kissing involved in this one, unfortunately. Oh, go ahead, Steve. I was just going to say, to kind of give clarity to the issue, Jackie Hill Perry was not seen as somebody to avoid like the plague just a couple of years ago. Right. Or even, you know even earlier this year. So yes, she has, you know, not really been exposed a lot. And up to that point, a lot of people didn't really understand. So, um, so I, you know, called up the conference organizers and they were wonderful. I I voiced my concerns in a very polite way and said, look, you know, um, here's the concern that, that I have with her. Here's what she teaches. Here's of course what Bible says. And uh, they said, 
thank you. You know, let us, you know, this, it's, it's not as easy as, you know, pushing a button and, and pulling a plug. Um, we need some time to go through what this conference, you know, h- how to do this. And so it's like, great. I put it in their hands. Um, they discussed it. And in the meantime, as they were discussing it, uh, Jackie Hill Perry kind of imploded. She um, appeared with some other false teachers, Christine Kane and a few others. Um, she has said some really wild, even more. I mean, she she really kind of showed her hand in during this time. And uh, sure enough, um, I, I got an email saying, yes, we've uh, disinvited uh, her. Uh, thanks for voicing your concerns. We checked it out for ourselves. You're right. Uh, like a Berean would do, right? Right. Uh, so, um, but they said, you know, please, you know, we're, we're getting our, our replacement here. We're, we're uh, just give us a few days and then, um, you know, we'll make, please let us make the announcement. You know, we don't want it to be coming from anybody else but us understood of course right and so i just laid low and in the meantime of course i'm getting all these emails saying you know what a traitor i am <laughs> so so yeah 10, right. uh, 10 15 years of discernment work down the tubes because of a because of this so anyway yeah they finally as she was um being disinvited and the news got out and, and people were sharing answers in genesis's um news statement um of course nobody came back to me and said wow we're really sorry <laughs> No, of course not. That's okay. I don't need that, though. You know, I I mean, I was very satisfied with how uh, they handled it, and I'm I'm satisfied with the outcome. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, as soon as you found out, okay, wait a second, there's somebody who probably shouldn't be, you know, at this conference, you immediately contacted the conference coordinator and said, listen, I got a problem with this person. But nobody at all you know, contacted you ahead of time and said, Hey, Amy, I, I don't know if you know, but uh, Jackie Hill Perry, she's kind of bad news. Uh, you know, <laughs> you, it, it, nobody, you nobody get it. So everybody just assumed, Oh my goodness, Amy Spreeman is yeah. sold out. She's, she yeah. is, she's in it for herself. She cares nothing. She is just a discernment facade and she's a total hypocrite. Right. Because, and, uh, and all this kind of stuff. Oh, it's all about the money, right? Um, yeah. like money and fame. Don't what, trust me, folks. What when, you, money? When, you, when you go to a conference and speak, yeah, you yeah. <laughs> covers your plane fare or whatever it is, yeah. travel to get there. And, and you that's, get, you that's get what a, it's for. You right? get a small honorarium. Yay. And an attaboy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, and that's, and that's a wonderful gift. That's a wonderful thing. Um, but you don't do it for, for that, you know? So, mm-hmm. um, and during this whole time, I didn't want this to play out in the tabloid tabloids. Um, and you know, that would have just been a mess. And so, yeah, I, I just, you know, everything was handled behind the scenes perfectly. Right. So, um, but yeah. the people who, who tarred and feathered you, they actually broke one of the real commandments. You know, you shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Right. They slandered you. And, uh, right. you have... and then they took screenshots of my, you know, <laughs> everything that I did, they took screenshots and threw it out there. And, you know, yeah. not that I, I mean, yeah. yeah, this, this is not discernment. That that's just right. that's that's just lazy guilt by association nonsense. Now, a little bit of a note here. I always make a distinction between uh, altar and pulpit fellowship and true worship within a congregation as being a sign of real unity. And then um, my my policy is is that if I'm invited to a conference um, and you know and there's going to be somebody there who is sketchy. I always kind of work work with the idea conference doesn't equal worship and my appearance at a particular conference or me inviting somebody to a particular conference is not an endorsement of anyone anyone's theology period so for instance uh, you know a couple uh, in fact uh, not in 2019 uh, but in 2018 
at the Pirate Christian Radio Conference, I invited Phil Johnson. You know, and and everybody knows Phil Johnson works for John MacArthur, and Phil Johnson is a Reformed Baptist. I'm a confessional Lutheran. And so one of the things I always find like kind of really ridiculous is, is that the guilt by association thing breaks down because, you know, it's like, all right, so are you saying that because Phil Johnson spoke at the Pirate Christian Radio Conference that he's now a confessional Lutheran or that I'm a Reformed Baptist, you know? And then, you know, and then I think about uh, uh, Todd Wilkin and Jeff Schwartz. I mean, every year they do the issues, et cetera, making the case conference. And there's certain speakers that they invite who are not confessional Lutherans, but they're experts in their particular field uh, in which they work. And so you, you, you'll get, you, you get one guy who's a media guy, and he's an Eastern Orthodox guy. OK, and then you got guys who are who are really astute as far as what's going on with, like, the political realm and, and the problems within the culture. And they're Roman Catholics. And so, you know, what, what ends up happening is, is that the smear merchants sit there and go, oh, my goodness, issues, et cetera, can't be trusted. They're endorsing Rome now. No, they're not. Just because you've invited a guy who's Roman Catholic to speak on a political topic doesn't mean that you're endorsing Rome. This is. You know, I, I always want to ask the question, did your mama drop you on your head? I mean, this is just not even good logic, okay? And so so the idea here is, is that guilt by association is a logical fallacy. And, uh, in fact, there's one particular smear merchant who, uh, who a while ago called me out for being a hypocrite because I didn't, I didn't criticize John MacArthur for endorsing Beth Moore. And it's like... What? What do you mean John MacArthur endorsing Beth Moore? And, and, and the way he argued is as well, John MacArthur is good friends with John Piper, right? And John Piper spoke in an event, you know, at the Passion Conference where Beth Moore was. And so because John Piper didn't rebuke Beth Moore and then uh, – uh, sorry, because John Piper didn't rebuke Beth Moore, this is really convoluted – and, you need a flow chart. Yeah, you, you do. You do. I call this the poop stink theory of discernment. But anyway, because John, John Piper didn't uh, you know, censor Beth Moore, and then John MacArthur invited John Piper to speak at a conference after the fact, that meant that John MacArthur was tacitly endorsing Beth Moore and that I was a hypocrite for not calling him out for it. And you just sit there and go, what are you talking about? This is nuts. I mean – not only does this show this person has like no theological training, none, no apologetics training, he's his main shtick is just putting forward guilt by association arguments. And it, it this is this is like sizzle without any bacon. And and people are attracted to the sizzle, you know. But again, this isn't serving the body of Christ at all. And so I, I would note then and kind of in this in this regard that, you know. Being trained by Dr. Rod Rosenblatt as, you know, one of my major mentors, uh, Rod Rosenblatt for for decades was one of the regular uh, people who was part of the uh, radio program, the White Horse Inn. I don't know if you're familiar with the White Horse Inn, but I mean, it's kind of a it's it's a fun program. So, I mean, they've got a guy who's an Orthodox Presbyterian. You got a Reformed Baptist. You got a confessional Lutheran and they're not shooting at each other. And granted, there are serious differences theologically between those two the between all those camps but rather than shoot at each other they treat each other as christian brothers because they make a distinction between what is considered to be 
um, secondary and tertiary issues as opposed to primary issues. And, and so, you know, and so, I mean, Amy, I, you know, I invited you to one of my conferences and you did a whiz bang job talking about the NAR. And uh, I, I, from what I understand, you don't attend a confessional Lutheran church, so I must endorse wherever yeah. you go to church, right? <laughs> yeah. I see, I see how this works now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it, this is just a pee and shell game. It, it's, it's, again, this right. isn't discernment and this doesn't serve the body of Christ. Now, right. w- when somebody flat out teaches the same thing as a false teacher or endorses a false teacher now that's a horse of a different color so steve i'm gonna i'm gonna we're gonna scroll down through your your article here and uh, i um you you've uh, written about some bad discernment categories okay yeah and and i always like how you go with the negative it's always fun um and and so uh, what one of the things that uh, is kind of a major problem and i see this in the charismatic movement is uh, it, you you descri- describe this as discernment is a mystical process where you feel what is true, um, and and so when when you, when I always find it fascinating when you have Jennifer Leclaire you know talk about the need for discernment, and it's like <laughs> you know, my my head goes <laughs> you know it, it's just silly, but um, so tell me what is this mystical uh, process that you're you're writing about here. Well, you know, I think it, it is centralized in the charismatic movement for sure. But this mystical understanding of spirituality in general has really permeated all of evangelicalism. We we think the Bible is important. We think that the Bible is God's word. Yes, but God really works in the most important way in our hearts in an internal way, which Martin Luther called enthusiasm, yep. which is a confusing term for people today. But it, it basically means that outside of God's word, we get God's word. And it's, a, it's an emotionally based, feelings based version of God's yeah. word. And it's an individual message that we think we're getting from God that has to be somehow confirmed by God's word, which raises the question, okay, if you have some internal feeling based idea that you think is God's word, but it has to be confirmed by testing it with God's word, why don't you just stick with the Bible? Which yeah, is cut out the middle God's process, word. would you? You know, you'd save yeah. some time. But I, it, it turns into this really, honestly, it's like Christian fortune telling. It really yeah. is. I feel like God is saying blah, 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 blah. And if you want to look at every major train wreck in recent Christian history, really, in almost all of Christian history, it comes back to somebody saying, I feel like God is saying this. And I think I feel like God is doing that or or even I'm I I don't say this very often, but I heard the audible voice of God telling me to blah, blah, blah. And it's usually something that goes against God's word. Right. Exactly. And of course, I think Kosti Hinn does a great job of pointing out that the person who hears directly from God, now they become the glow in the dark, holy person that, you know, and, and of course I always, you know, think back to when I was in the charismatic movement and evangelicalism and I, you know, somebody would say they were hearing the voice of God. I'd sit there and go, I never hear the voice of God. How come God doesn't talk to me? You know, you know, you know, and so discernment isn't based upon feelings. Discernment, you know, okay, people who do real biblical discernment, it, you're not a Jedi, okay? Um, in, fa- right. in fact, I would argue that even if God has given you a gift for discernment, that gift is honed through application, applying yourself to the written word of God and and really studying it properly, you know? And, and so this will in- require you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, watch this, mind 
and strength. Or as Jesus said, those who worship me will worship me in spirit and in, get this, truth. You know, you know, and God's word is truth. So put the Jedi discernment stuff away. It's this, it don't work like that. You know, yeah. and, you know, in fact, the people who are feeling discernment, yeah, you're doing it wrong. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right. So, well, and I think there's the understanding that the Holy Spirit speaks to us again, outside of God's word. Yeah. The Holy Spirit does speak to us through God's word. It's mm-hmm. all one and the same. And it's really important. I, I, when I was in the charismatic movement and I would bring up a year or so before I left, I would say, we got to get back to the Bible. We got to get back to the Bible. And the response usually was, yeah, but we need the spirit too. We need the word and the spirit. There was always this false dichotomy right. that if you had too much Bible, you would somehow be leaving. The, the Holy Spirit was always going, hey, guys. What about me? You, Quit you, reading you, your Bible. You left me. Don't forget me. Yeah. You have to do it with the right voice. Yeah. This, this, I know. This, you this, do the voice better. Hi, this is the Holy Spirit. And I'm really sad because <laughs> you, you're like reading your Bible and you've like totally left me in the dust. You've forgotten all about me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh this is word, not, this Chris. is not. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the way they describe the Holy Spirit in these groups, yeah. I mean, he sounds so utterly powerless. I mean, he wants to do stuff, can't accomplish it. You know, and, and the thing is, is that scripture is so clear on this, that all scripture is theanoustos. It's God breathed. Uh, the book of Hebrews says it's living and active. Peter writes about the fact that uh, the, the word of God, you know, the, no, no prophecy came as a result of a man's opinion, but as, as people were carried along by the Holy Spirit. And, and so the idea here is, is that, and, this, and this, is a, this is an important bit, is that because we all have the same revelation, the same voice of God, we have an anchor point where we can all say definitively, that's God's voice. God is speaking right. to us presently, not, not passively, but presently. He is speaking actively to us through his word, and we all have this word together. But when, the, when somebody says, I'm receiving direct revelation from God, what they end up doing is creating a theological sect that you know and and where you've got people sitting there going well i don't think that's really god's voice and you have other people going oh yeah that's god's voice altogether and uh, you know and this i mean this is what led to mormonism this is what led to you know a lot of the different sects that are out there and no god is speaking to all of us through his word and i always point back to what jesus says in the great commission uh you know that uh, all authority has been given to him and that uh, we are to make disciples of all nations disciples or learners baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, and then listen to the, the curriculum, teaching all that I have commanded, all right? So Christ has given us a limited body of work that we are to work from in discipling the nations, and that's all that he has commanded. Now, the question is, is that, well, where can I go to find the things that Christ has commanded? Well, I can only know of, I only know of like one source, and that's the Bible in its totality, but you think about the fact that Jesus put his stamp of approval. Yeah, I thanks for the visual on that. Stephen, <laughs> that God, that Christ has given his approval to the Old Testament, has made it clear that God has spoken in the Old Testament, and he's the one who sends his, his disciples who become the apostles, and he says to them, the one who hears you hears me, all right? So, you know, it, it, it's pretty straightforward. Anything written after the death of the apostles or spoken after the death of the apostles, I'm not so sure that's the voice of God. In fact, I should be highly skeptical of it and and in fact, I have yet to hear a compelling reason why I should believe anybody claiming to hear directly from God today or in, even in, 
you know, the last 2,000 years since the death of the apostles was truly hearing from God. Well, Chris, I um, can speak on on the female side. Um, I hear a lot of um, women Bible um, Bible study teachers, mm-hmm. and um, I, I put those in bunny quotes and air quotes because um, they're not really teaching the Bible. They're teaching their own thoughts and feelings. And yep. um, I've written a book, and it's all about my experiences. But one of the common thing themes that I hear from these women is, um, yes, ladies, God does speak today. He does speak, and he he, he never disagrees his voice that you hear never disagrees with scripture and so you you get these women going oh yeah that sounds like discernment so if we know that it's not disagreeing with scripture that voice has to be god right and so i i just you know and it happens all the time i've heard it so many they must uh, all have the same playbook because um they say it exactly the same way (laughs) (laughs) yeah so amy you're saying that god has never given spoken to you audibly telling you to brush somebody's hair in an airport um, I unfortunately don't get those kind of downloads. I, I there must be something wrong with me. So you're just I not holy. Not spirit, so, yeah, yeah. You're, you're just I'm, not I'm holy. Spirit, yeah. All right. The next one, Steve. I do have the spirit of sarcasm, though. So anyway. yeah, oh, me too. Yeah, in spades. That's like really. Of, it's like, it's, it was. It was on my. Uh, it was on my gifts. Uh, you know, somewhere. <laughs> <in it. laughs> All right, Steve. You know what was on my gift test? I'm sorry. No, I no, no. Go ahead. <laughs> discernment (laughs) (laughs) no which is hilarious because the the um bill hybels-esque church that i took these spiritual gift tests uh actually disagreed with what my test said it's like oh well you you don't have that gift yeah like what says right here (laughs) interesting all right we're gonna pause right there pay some bills if you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of fighting for the faith you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there, at Christian. Quick break. When we come back, the balance of today's pirate gang conversation on good discernment versus bad discernment. Stay tuned. Don't want to miss it. We'll be right back. This might feel like theological waterboarding, but you'll get used to it. You're listening to Fighting for the Faith. This is the air I breathe. This is the air I breathe. I've had enough! Of this sissy, pansy, cunning, photo-written music you have the audacity to call worship. Men, put this entire girly praise band in the boo box. Let's wheel in the organ and get some real worship music underway. Ye be listening to Pirate Christian Radio. Max Holiday's Birdcage Theatre presents Church Day Select. I don't know why we have to come to these small group sessions. They're just so 
boring. Hey, do you find that small groups just aren't that interesting or fun anymore? That's quite literally what I just said. Then we have the product just for you. New from Los Lobos Ministries is Beth Moore's Biblical Mad Libs. Well, what is it? Simple. Beth Moore's Biblical Mad Libs are an entire booklet loaded with fill-in-the-blank Bible passages. Aren't we supposed to read the scriptures the way they were originally written? None of you want to spice up your small group Bible studies. With Beth Moore's Biblical Mad Libs, you can make every passage be about you. Isn't scripture about Jesus? Only if you want it to be. In our postmodern age, it's stupid to think that such a thing as absolute truth actually exists. Every passage is open to interpretation. Read the example. But now that you have been set free from financial debt and have become warriors of God, the fruit you get leads to better sex and eternal life. For the wages of sin are smelly diapers, but the free gift of God is a really good tax return in Jesus Christ our Lord. That was absolutely heretical. Why would anyone butcher scripture like this? Because modern-day Christians like you don't endure sound doctrine. By popular demand, you've appointed leaders in the church who've given your itching ears what they want to hear and haven't looked back since. Ha! Suckers! This is just horrible. If you thought it couldn't get any worse, then you're just as foolish as Naval. We've already expanded the biblical Mad Lib franchise to include alternate Bible translations. That can't be good. You're right! It isn't! We now have Biblical Mad Libs in The Voice, the NIV, the KJV, the NKJV, and, for a limited time only, we have the Furtick Audaciously Revised Translation. Wait, doesn't that last one spell? Yes, it does spell fun. Not just fun for you, but for the entire small group. We've even created a Biblical Mad Libs Junior Edition to get the kids twisting scripture from a young age. I would never buy this for my children. Lucky for you, you don't have to. We're handing out free copies to every youth group in the nation. Plus, we're also including a special copy of Elevation Church's The Code Coloring Book for a little extra heretical flavor. You're not going to get away with this. You can't stop us. We're already in control. Resistance is futile. Welcome to the American Lutheran Theological Seminary. I'm Dwayne Clevin, Administrator for ALTS. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, St. Paul charges Timothy to preach the word and fulfill his ministry. I charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing and his kingdom. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. At the American Lutheran Theological Seminary, the Master of Divinity program through Concordia St. Louis or Concordia Theological Seminary in Fort Wayne prepares young men to preach and teach the Word. Is this your future? Whether you choose a residency program at St. Louis or Fort Wayne or one of our interactive classroom experiences online, the American Lutheran Theological Seminary is here to support you on your journey. Come join us. Let's walk together. For more information, please find us on the web at www.alts.edu or email our registrar's office at registrar at alts.edu. Thank you. Hey everyone, it's Rex here to tell you about a product that I use on a daily basis. It's Coffee by Gillespie. It's delicious. It's got the caffeine you need to be a functioning member of society and... It's, it's coffee. There's all sorts of different blends to choose from that are themed alongside the church calendar. So not only does it taste insanely good, but it's also liturgical. 
somehow. All you have to do is order it online at gillespie.coffee, and it'll arrive at your door in a convenient, resealable bag filled with either whole bean or pre-ground coffee. I personally like mine as whole bean because it goes so well with milk. Yeah. Now that's what I call a balanced breakfast. So head on over to Gillespie.coffee and get some. That's G-I-L-L-E-S-P-I-E dot coffee. Rex out! Warning, listening to Fighting for the Faith could cause you to think that discernment requires you to do homework and that guilt by association isn't discernment. Just a reminder, Fighting for the Faith is listener-supported radio. That means we depend upon you, your generous gifts, and financial contributions in order to continue to bring Fighting for the Faith to you and to the world. And you can partner with us. It is a partnership. Visit our website, fightingforthefaith.com. When you get there, you'll see our three friendly yellow buttons. One says donate. The other says join our crew. The other says become a patron. Uh, When you join our crew, you get to pick your rank in our crew, and rank is based upon your monthly commitment. Lowest rank is Powder Monkey at $9.95 a month. After that, Gunner's made at $24.95 a month. From there, Master Gunner at $49.95 a month, and then Quartermaster, $99.95 a month. Joining our crew is a great way to support us. Of course, if you'd like to make a one-time contribution, click on the Donate button. If you'd like to become a patron via Patreon, click on the Become a Patron button. If you'd like to support us the traditional and analog way, you can do so by making your gift payable to Fighting for the Faith, and then send it to Post Office Box 13344, Grand Forks, North Dakota, zip code 58208. And let me thank you for your support. We truly cannot do what we are doing here without it. All right, here is the balance of my uh, conversation, our pirate gang conversation with Stephen Kozar and Amy Spreeman on good discernment versus bad discernment. Here we go. All right, so Stephen, moving along, discernment starts with abandoning all previous theological systems and avoiding all previous teachings from church history. Well, I I think that point one, this that the discernment is mystical. And it's just me and my Bible, and I'm going to figure it out for myself. That's a real common uh, direction that people go. And it's good that they only want the Bible to be influencing what right. they believe. That's that's great. We all agree with that. But when you say, I can't learn anything from anybody who's ever lived, who's ever studied the Bible in all of church history, yeah. you know, because theology is bad, then you're saying I'm I'm basically gonna hear from God myself and get my own version with my own theology and yeah and I and I wrote in this little article it might sound exciting it, and I think that's a big part of it oh I I'm gonna figure this out for myself and it's like a Da Vinci Code sort of thing I'm gonna find out the real secret stuff because everybody else has gotten it wrong up till now what's the real chalice of Christ yeah yeah. 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 But so I, I wrote, God has given us his word, and we've had almost 2,000 years of teachers to help us understand it. So why would you want to throw that all away and start from scratch? That's, right. the, that's the really big point I like to make to people. You don't know anything about 
the theologians who have come before you mm-hmm. because it, nobody teaches this stuff anymore. And you don't know what you don't know. So why don't you at least dip your toes into this idea that maybe there's something you can learn from the past. Maybe there's something you can learn from church history about yeah. the true Protestant Reformation, for instance, which is where I am, I'm always directing people to the White Horse Inn. Because even though I'm a confessional Lutheran, I want people to hear the White Horse Inn to hear these men who are from different denominational backgrounds who all agree about the core aspects of the gospel message. And they also agree about the core aspects of pop evangelicalism that have gone astray. Mm -hmm. And it's from that starting point that I think you can then say, oh, I see a Reformed Baptist sees things this way, whereas a Presbyterian sees things a little bit different over here. Oh, and I get it now. A, A confessional Lutheran sees things in this way. And I see where they agree and disagree. It's really useful to understand all those viewpoints before you just jump onto, you know, something that from one guy or one church and and think that you've kind of got it all now. And I don't need any more of that history. I don't need any more of that theology. Right. Yeah. And I, I, I in this in this regard, too, I, I would kind of point out two things. And uh, one years ago, uh, there was a Peanuts cartoon where Charlie Brown's sister was writing a essay on church history. And, and uh, I, I forget what her name was. Um, um, Sally, Sally, right? Sally, Sally. She's writing. Yeah. She's right. So she's right. And it, it says, and so it says, you know, church history essay at the top of the paper. My pastor was born October 7th, 1932. <laughs> you know, so church history, that's the thing about evangelicalism. Church history does not go beyond like the present day. You know, at, at all, and 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 so th- this is bad. And what ends up happening too, then, is is that um, is that people think that today's modern manifestation and theology of the Roman Catholic Church is somehow the thing that was taught in the ancient church, and it's not. And what mm-hmm. ends up happening is is that when somebody comes out of the Roman Catholic Church, uh, they uh, they 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 rightly want to you know disregard uh, and 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 you know eschew all of the the false teachings of Rome but what ends up happening is is that then they get the bad case of like romophobia and and so like everything that Rome teaches is false and so Rome teaches the doctrine of the trinity so the trinity is bad you know right. Ro- Rome teaches that Jesus Christ is God in human flesh therefore Jesus can't be God in human flesh and so and and though everything hinges on well Rome teaches it therefore it's wrong it's like this is not how church history is done you know this is just not how this works. And then I remember years ago, you know, I, I'm a confessional Lutheran. If you want to know what I believe regarding baptism, on the Fighting for the Faith website, just type in Lutheran Doctrine of Baptism. I actually put together a PDF, uh, you know, and, and, and put this account out there that, you know, somebody said, you, ha- you have a heretical view of, of baptism. I, so I wrote him back. I said, listen, I believe exactly what the Bible says about baptism. And I, I sent him the verses. And and so he immediately wrote me back, and he and he, he goes, well, you know, um, none of those verses have anything to do with baptism. It's like, are are you serious? So what I did is I actually spent some time. It actually took me a little bit of time to pull this together. I, I put together a, a you know all of the verses that I sent him, and then quotes from the ancient church fathers up to like the fourth century. So it'd be like from first century all the way up to like Augustine or something, right? And and how they understood these texts. And I sent this off to this guy. And no joke, he said, every one of the people you quoted, they're heretics. And it's like, are you nuts? 
how could they be heretics? Every single one of them, if you take a course in church history, they are the defenders of Christian orthodoxy. You know, right. we're talking about Irenaeus. We're, t- we're talking about Polycarp. We're talking about Augustine. We're talking about the Council of Nicaea here, you know. And and so, you know, it, it's like and so he, he when I when I said that, he actually wrote me back and says, well, you're pro-, he says your problem is you Lutherans take the Bible too seriously and too literally. you know it's like this isn't discernment you know this is so the idea here is is that listen i i completely agree rome's apostate that being the case the doctrine of the trinity is a core fundamental doctrine of the christian faith and to deny it puts you outside of the christian faith you know regardless of the fact that rome believes it okay so you know and this is where you have to make a distinction between uh you know real heresy which touches on core doctrines and errors, which don't put you outside of the Christian faith, but you know, it, you know, you know, just mean that you're wrong in that regard. And the Bible actually clearly, you know, explains all of that. All right, moving along. Discernment means latching on to the teacher who's the most extreme smear merchant. And boy, there are some people who are really good at that. Um, yeah. You know, what do you mean by that, Steve? Well, I mean, I think. If you start with point one and then point two, it's not uncommon to come to point three because you think that I'm hearing from God personally. I'm getting, you know, individual messages just for me. And uh, I've rejected all the other teachers in church history. What was that? I don't know. No idea. Did you hear that? (laughs) That's not you, Chris? I don't know what that is. It's a a strange. It's like a mouse crawling up the microphone or something. It, maybe it's somebody doing that ASMR stuff, you know. I hear it. I don't know what that is. I can't even hear it. So it must be a boy thing. Hang on a second here. Uh, Amy, I'm gonna I'm gonna mute you for just a second to see if that clears the problem. Hold on. Can you hear me, Steve? Yeah. <laughs> so. Amy's microphone is 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 it's got some kind of static thing going on. So that was weird. Yeah, hang on a second here. I'm gonna unmute Amy. A- Amy, your your snowball is 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 acting up. Hello. Yeah. Really? So I can't hear any kind of static, but I can take this off and it'll sound different. Is that okay? Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Right. All right. This is me without the snowball. How was yeah. that? Yeah, fine. yeah, it, fine. your snowball was going downhill quickly. So I need to get something else. I've had this since our initial pirate gang days. So well, I mean, look at it. it's a gold snowball. Clearly, you're part of the prosperity heresy. <laughs> it's silver, actually. It's the light. It's the light. It's silver. Okay, yeah. yeah. So there you go. Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. You're cutting this out, right? <laughs> All right. So let, let's try this again, Steve. So discernment means attaching yourself to the you know, most extreme smear merchants. Carry on. I think if. If you take point one, you you often lead to point two. Uh, I hear from God individually and personally, and I don't need any other teachers from the past, certainly not from church history. Uh, and then you find somebody on YouTube who sounds confident, who sounds like they know what they're talking about, and they're kind of on the same page in the sense that everybody else is wrong, or almost everybody else is wrong. And I've discovered that all of the church is... is uh, corrupt and you know there are aspects of the church where there is great corruption and, mm-hmm. and i think everybody agrees in one way or the other about corruption within the church and it's a very serious issue but 
it's just a, I think it's an American, maybe it's a Western, maybe it's just our sinful nature, but we tend to, we like the easy answer. We like the broad brush. We like to take an entire category and just make gigantic assumptions about them. Right. And if it's done with kind of this, you know, you're hearing the secret message that no one else knows about. Just you and me and my little group. And aren't you important that you know now who, you know, and that's where, did you know that Amy Spreeman is going to be at a conference with this other person who we all know is bad? Yeah, She's and, bad too. And that means we, she's you know, a Mason and she's part of the CFR, man. Yeah. <laughs> no. And, and, and I, I, I think it's, it is very possible that in this sinful world, there are secret associations. There are secret things Indeed. going on behind the scenes. But but that doesn't mean that everybody just automatically falls into that category of, you know, something secret and evil and all that stuff. So what I wrote here was, yes, there are some really bad things going on in the Christian church, but some people just enjoy driving by the scene of the accident too much. Yeah. If everybody is a raving heretic, except you and your tiny little group, you probably need a more balanced perspective. This will be hard, but do your homework anyway. Sweeping generalizations can only go so far. Yeah. And, and I, I would note in that in one of the things I've been saying for ever is that, listen, don't take my word for it. I don't need you to listen to me with an open mind, open Bible. And and if you haven't figured it out, uh, the people, the, the segments that I choose, I choose them because it gives me an excuse to teach the Bible. You know, <laughs> it's like and, and so the, the idea here is it's like it, learning discernment requires you to be in the scriptures. And so at the end of the day, you know, when somebody is twisting God's word, there's so many different ways in which to twist it. The focus of my program, for the most part, uh, although we do try to have some fun with the the prophecy bingo stuff, but uh, for the most part is on, okay, listen, they're saying this, and this is what they're doing with the biblical text, but when you look at the text, it's not saying that. And and so the idea here is is that I can't review everybody. There's this... So many different false teachers out there. What I'm looking for are uh, archetypical ways in which people are twisting texts, which then gives me an excuse to get into the Bible so that people can hear how amazing the Bible is. You know, and, and that's the idea is that once then you're hooked on the scriptures rightly taught and you know how to look for whether or not it's being rightly taught or not, then what happens is that inoculates you against the false teacher, whoever it might be. Now, granted, there are some pretty bad cats out there, you know. You know, I, I you know, I think of T.D. Jakes and, and Stephen Furtick and and others. Yeah, granted, they are that, but at the end of the day, they're doing the same thing that other false teachers are doing. It, it's just that they're doing it really well. You know, there, there's just some people who are super gifted in their presentation, and others who are not. I mean, Stephen Furtick is like a force of nature. You know, it's. You know, and he's so confident. And he's so, you know, and he's so great at manipulation. But at the end of the day, if you step back and actually do the comparative work, you sit there and go, "He was saying nothing, but saying it really well." You know, <laughs> so, well, sort of. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, we talked about guilt by association. Is there anything else that we should talk about in this category? Well, to be clear, because. Um... We did talk about, you know, not making assumptions about uh, an appearance at a conference. Now, I also wrote in here, if a pastor is invited to speak at the World Dominion Prophecy Awakening Apostolic Signs and Wonders Miracle event, yeah, we kind of get an idea where they stand. So, Kind of like Toronto's uh, Reignite the Fire Conference, you know? Yes. 
Yes. And, and an, an opposite example of that would be um, there's the Religious Broadcasters Convention, which is not a theological convention at all. At all. It's about all sorts of Christians who are involved in broadcasting. And so that's uh, every year there's a big fuss because you look at the roster of people and you see somebody who's supposed to be good. And then there's somebody who's not so good. And you go, ah, aha, I found where they're in, they're joining forces with a false teacher and they're just speaking at a broadcaster's convention. So I always kind of goes it, to that extreme to the other extreme. Yeah. I always find it fascinating that, okay, so you got like the religious broadcasters associate and granted that is a mixed bag. I mean, it's it's every fun, everyone from like Brian Houston, Christine Kane, and and even Patricia King, all the way over to the other side of the spectrum. You know, somebody like you know John MacArthur or or, or Alistair Begg or something like that. But here's the thing: in, in in the guilt by association category, always the poop from the bad teacher gets on the good teacher. How come the good teacher bringing the real gospel and actually proclaiming the truth will have no positive impact on the heretics? You know, it's it's always it's always works the other way. And 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 again, the Religious Broadcasters Association meeting, this is not church. This is right. some, something different altogether, you know. So you know, And it's not like they all get together in the green room and pray together. I mean, they may never meet, you know, you're on one day right. and um the heretic is on another day or whatever. And you know, you you go, you say your thing, you speak the truth about the gospel, and then you leave. Exactly. And you're not there joining hands with these people. Yep. And I I, I, I would also note this thing. The the fellow who who chastised me on social media for not rebuking John MacArthur for endorsing Beth Moore. When John MacArthur said his Beth Moore go home stick, okay, that, mm-hmm. that fellow immediately put out a video and he said that John MacArthur's a hypocrite. Rather than saying, whoops, I was wrong for calling out Roseboro for not rebuking John MacArthur for endorsing Beth Moore, when it was clear John MacArthur never endorsed Beth Moore, he instead right. doubled down and said, no, he's a, he's a hypocrite and like, and like move the goalposts and stuff. That's, a, that's, a, that's another thing is, is that People who are doing bad discernment, when they mess up, they they, they always just move the goalpost. You know, <laughs> right? They can't be wrong. Ne- ne- um, I'm not wrong. Ne- this is never. I'm I'm sticking to my story. That's it. Yeah. Um, and and they'll never repent. They'll never make it right when yep. they are wrong. Yep. All right. Number- well, the the end of that, uh, I I touch on the idea that um, uh, sometimes we need to get more information directly from the person in question before making assumptions about their beliefs. Yep. We live in a pretty dumbed-down culture that promotes easy and overly simplistic answers. Our Christian faith is way too important to take that approach, and our Christian brothers and sisters are way too valuable to treat with such disregard. So yep. we, um, we, you know, we're all known for calling out false teachers, and it, it needs to be an actual false teacher who, with their own words and their own videos and their own books and their own sermons, are saying heretical things. Right. That's when you, that's when you need to point out and mark and avoid them. But if somebody hasn't clearly said those things, we can't accuse them of saying things that they haven't said. Right. It's so simple. Right. Now, let, let's say that Jackie Hill Perry ended up speaking at this Answers in Genesis event. Should I then surmise that... Uh, well, that Amy Spreeman, now you you are actually endorsing women preachers and are um, you know a lot more lenient towards you know uh, same sex marriage and stuff. 
Yeah, no, I, my stance would not have changed and it, it would not, I mean, you know, women preachers, same-sex marriage, all relationships, I have not changed. I, I'm, I'm sticking to Christ in the Bible, but uh, yeah, my, my reputation obviously um, came under fire and, and that would have been even worse. So Yeah. And, um, and came under fire from lazy journalism, lazy, yes. you know, I would know yeah. that if, uh, if the New York times did to you what some discernment people did to you, you would have been able to sue the New York Times for slander. Yeah, yeah probably. <laughs> you know, or, or libel, actually, you know, because, you know, the, it's written. But you get the point. Right. They, it's, it's a form of defamation of character. So uh, the discernment requires you to actually do homework and to, it, it, to accurately put forward what somebody is believing and confessing. This is why I do long form discernment so that you can actually hear what people are saying in context. Because, you know, if I, if I do the soundbite thing, people say, Oh, that's taken out of context. Now, now you'd look, you know, I, I'm either reviewing the whole sermon. I'm reviewing, you know, 10, 15 minutes of it. There ain't no way somebody could, you just took them out of context. No, I didn't. Okay. I actually <laughs> did my research and 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 I know what I'm talking about. Anybody that we review, we make sure before the review happens that we we understand uh, what the person's teaching and preaching and things like that, so that uh, you know we we don't misre- misrepresent them at least knowingly, you know. Yeah, and that whole idea of uh, you've taken them out of context. I think that comes from uh, somebody. They just love, let's say they just love Todd White. They are absolutely convinced that Todd White is just this far away from Jesus himself. And they're convinced that they've learned new things and they're bolder in their faith. And, you know, they've they've taken their faith to the next level, whatever it is. They are part of the Todd White Christian cult. I'll call it that. But I make a video where I take Todd White's own video I don't take anything out. I don't add anything to it. I just mm-hmm. go through it and I stop the, the video and I comment about what he just said. And I show what scripture says. I do what you do, Chris. You're, you're the example that, that I follow. You don't, you know, cut and paste and move things around to make it seem like they're saying something they're not saying. Right. And so I, I, I've done this with him and with Bill Johnson and with Chris Valentine. I've always taken their video in the actual progression. I didn't take anything out because then somebody could say, oh, you just cut and pasted and made it sound like they're saying something. I think when people are saying that, they're being intellectually lazy yeah, and they're protecting themselves from this gut feeling that they have, which is, uh-oh, the guy I follow is preaching stuff that's wrong. And that can't be true because I just love him so much. I'm I feel so, so good. I feel so good when yeah. I hear him preach, you know. And, and so people are emotionally attached to certain teachers and they're not thinking about it biblically. They're not thinking about it logically. They are just, and honestly, it's a form of mind control. It's Mm -hmm. a, it's a type of cult activity. I know it sounds really harsh when I say that, but I've studied this stuff and that's what's, that's what's taking place. People are becoming part of a group and they're surrounded by a whole series of half truths. Yeah. But as long as they maintain all of those half truths and catchphrases and logical fallacies they got to keep all that stuff together and it yep. protects those false beliefs from you know anybody coming in and yeah and, and i and i would even know i would even note that uh, they know full well that if any of those half half truths are allowed permitted to fall that it's it's like dominoes you know and right. so they have to come after you and this is the other piece of it is is that you know this is why 
uh, people play the Pharisee card so much with me. You know, you know so I, I point out, this teacher is teaching this. This is not what the Bible says. Here's what the Bible actually says. You're a Pharisee. See, they have to attack me. You know, and so when they say that you've taken them out of context, they're accusing you of like, you know, you creating the Christian version of deep fake. You know, you've just deep faked Chris Valentin. No, he's really solid, and you you just you just hate him, and you're you're jealous of him. I get I get right. that, I get that a lot too. Yeah, the Rose Rose. The only reason why you're critiquing T.D. Jakes is because you're jealous of his success and how rich he is. No, I'm not. It's like, you know, it, 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 that's an ad hominem attack, and it's like, really, when 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 did you uh, learn how to read my mind? I mean, it's just uh, it's unbelievable. So, all right, let me let me kind of walk through this a little bit further. Uh, discernment means throwing the word heretic around like a wrecking ball. Heretic, heretic, heretic. You know, uh, and, and I would note this is that if you cannot make a distinction between heresy and error, you don't really know your Bible well. And let me explain it in this way. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians 11 talks about kind of three things that would put somebody outside of the Christian faith. Different Jesus, different spirit, different gospel. In Galatians 1, Paul makes it clear that anybody preaching a different gospel than the one he preaches is anathema, all right? So those, those are your, kind of your core doctrines as it touches on the doctrine of God, the, the gospel itself. Uh, those are things that would put you outside of the Christian faith as well as a, a different spirit. That's also in the list. But when somebody's baptismal theology is all wet or, you know, and you, do, you disagree with them, that doesn't put somebody outside the Christian faith. And he said, well, how do you know, Rosebro? It's real simple. Apollos, okay? When Apollos first shows up on the scene in the book of Acts, he, he was refuting the Jews, proving from the scriptures that Jesus is the Christ. Nobody could resist his argumentation. And it turned out his baptismal theology was wrong. So Aquila and Priscilla take him and privately correct him regarding his baptismal theology but it never it never says of him oh and he was a heretic and then and then you have another account where there were these there's disciples who were already believers in jesus and they didn't even know there was a holy spirit because they they weren't baptized uh properly they were baptized by john the baptist that's the only baptism that they had received they hadn't they didn't even know about christian baptism and so paul says ah so he baptizes them and but the thing is it, it says of them even before they were baptized that they were disciples, they were true Christians at that time. And, and so the idea here is, is this is where we get the idea of between primary and secondary or tertiary uh, doctrines. So, you know, so I, I, I Kozar, you and I, we're in complete agreement on pretty much everything because we're both confessional Lutherans. You know, and then, and then Amy, you know, you and I, we have, we would have some disagreements and that's completely fine in this sense and that is is that where we would have disagreements on what the scripture says it doesn't touch on a primary category it, it, these are secondary and tertiary issues but uh the, the bad discernment will not make these distinctions it refuses right. to make these distinctions and then when you call them out on it they turn around on you and do and do an ad hominem attack against you and um and then the other thing i would notice is that there's oftentimes scholarly and journalistic um um, sloppiness in some of the things they report when they go along these lines. I think about years and years ago, um, you know, there was a fellow in the emerging church movement, uh, you know, who, who wrote a book. His name was Dan Kimball. And, uh, and granted, this guy's theology was messed up in a lot of different places. But as the emerging church movement morphed into the emergent church movement and took a hard left 
into uh, you know into postmodern liberalism. This guy started to distance himself from D- Tony Jones and Doug Paget and others. And there were some in the discernment world who were saying this fellow's a heretic and he denies the doctrine of hell. And what he ended up doing was contacting those discerners and saying, listen, I do not deny the doctrine of hell. I firmly believe in the doctrine of hell. You need to correct the record. And those people refused to do it. And so he reached out to me. He reached out to me and says, listen, you know, I don't believe the things that they say I'm believing. Now, granted, he he's still not is not somebody I could recommend as a teacher. And he's disappeared off the planet, you know, past few years. I have no idea what he's up yeah. to nowadays. But uh, so I, I he was going to be in Indiana. I lived in Indiana at the time. And so he said, come spend the day with me. We, and, we, you know, we'll we'll spend some time together. We'll go out to coffee and you can ask me anything you want. And and he says, I'm not going to hide anything. And so, you know, I spent the afternoon with him. And part of that, we went and visited the grave of James Dean. It was kind of an interesting day. But in my interview, <laughs> in my interview with him, you know, turns out, you know, there, there was a, there were a lot of things that he believed falsely, but these are on secondary and tertiary issues. But he did absolutely believe in hell. He believed that it existed and all this kind of stuff, and he was misrepresented. And so I invited him on the program as a follow-up to our time together. And oh my word, I got crucified on social media. You know, people saying, uh, you, you, you have no discernment. Uh, I, I thought I could trust you and all this kind of stuff. Like, what are you talking about? All I did, you know, what I ended up doing basically was showing that they didn't do their homework, you know? And, and it's like, you were falsely stating this guy doesn't believe in hell and he does believe in hell. Now, granted, there's a whole lot of other stuff that you know, you want to avoid this guy. Uh, he's not somebody you're going to want to go to for, you know, to catechize your kids or anything like that or, or your youth group. But the point is, is that when you do your wor- homework, you have to get you have to get it accurate. You have to properly demonstrate what somebody truly believes or has said in context. And and if you get it wrong and they contact you and say, I don't believe that you actually have to offer a retraction <laughs> and say, yeah, no. Uh, I, I got that wrong, but what ends up happening is is that you know, in, in bad discernment, they can never make a mistake. They're not they're they're like yeah. they're super discerners. You know, they're not sinful discerners. They they never make an error, and as a result of it, they don't make they don't do their homework properly, and then they don't make proper distinctions between primary, secondary, and tertiary issues. Uh, the difference between heresy and error, and as a result of it, they are actually. Um, not helping the body of Christ, they're hurting the body of Christ because real discipleship and real discernment requires, uh, you know, requires accuracy and truth and a recognition that certain things are uh, are errors that put you outside of the faith, and others are dangerous but don't necessarily result in you not being a Christian. But every everything just throws gets thrown into the heresy bucket, and uh, and and that's just not discernment. Can I just add, too, that when you, uh, if you're a discerner and you've got a blog and you've made these statements that aren't true, if you just go back and silently edit out the part where you were wrong and don't say anything, that doesn't count. Uh, You really do need to say something because your readers have already been to your blog and they've already seen your accusations. They don't know if you don't tell them that you've gone back, you know, months later and, and kind of tweaked your your original blog post. So you need to, you need to admit it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even the New York times, when they get it wrong, they issue retractions. You know, granted they may be on page 27, but they're there. You know, know. so, okay. 
All right. So also, I, let me, I was just going to say, sometimes because the Internet is so wide open, we have all different people, you know, from all different persuasions saying all different sorts of things. And anybody can start a blog, which is great because that means anybody can start a blog, which is what I did. That's how I got started. But it also means anybody can start a blog. Your blog's and, messed and up, though, dude. Yeah. <laughs> so, so sometimes somebody writes an opinion piece, but it isn't said to be an opinion piece mm-hmm. because it's just a blog piece. And so in the, in the original world of journalism, a newspaper would traditionally have articles that were supposed to be news stories. And then the opinion section was separate and everybody knew now I'm stepping away from my role as a reporter and I'm telling you what I think about something right. based on my own personal opinion. And there isn't much of that distinction in many cases, I think, with the world of blogging. And and so I I would caution everybody who's reading blogs to ask themselves, is this is this somebody who's actually teaching a theological position or is this just somebody who's kind of spouting off? And, you know, spouting off is fine as long as you you kind of make it clear Hey, this is my opinion piece. This is me, right? You know, kind of spouting off. Uh, and and um, with the messed up church, the direction I've tried to take is I'm I'm writing articles that, that grab people's attention, get them to think about things. And when I when I do um, state a, a, an opinion, I'm always trying to provide links. I'm always trying to provide the research backing to prove that I'm not just spouting an opinion. I don't want to be the guy whose opinion is so valuable that people care what I think. Right. I would much rather direct people to a whole world of information that they can, they can find for themselves. That's what I'm trying to do. So I don't know if that's a helpful thing to point out, but yeah, oh, it is very helpful. And you know, uh, there's a lot of these um, so-called, um, you know, grab and blood, whatever discernment ministries that will um, have links, but it's back to their own blog stories to back yeah. up what they've said. So you never go outside of their opinion or their blogs. They're, if they have links at all, they go back and quote themselves. So um, again, you know, let, let's have some journalistic integrity and let's make sure that if you're going to make accusations that you have the person's own word mm-hmm. and you put scripture yep. in there. Yep. Yep. And, and that's exactly right. And at, at the end of the day, um, what I've also seen is, is that some discerners, they get so wrapped up in what they're doing that uh, when they, they recognize that uh, the days are dark and this, this, this is, the things ain't getting any better at the moment. They're actually continuing to get worse. Uh, that uh, that somehow they, they go into a funk, into a depression because, you know, everything's all about the results. I, I always point out, you know, listen, Scripture's pretty clear. If we're, if we're in the great apostasy, we're going to we're going to get we're going to get slaughtered. I mean, it is, we're going to lose like you wouldn't believe it, My job is not to point people to my opinions uh, when in my job as a pastor and as a Christian theologian. It's to point them to the biblical text. And my opinions really have no bearing on what the text says. If if it does, then um, I'm twisting the scripture to conform with my mind rather than my mind being conformed to the word of God. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, and then I have no problem like pointing people to great resources that have been helpful to me over the years from people from across the spectrum of different denominations. You know, you know, Presbyterians and Reformed Baptists and Lutherans and people who predate you know, even the Reformation itself. I mean, I, I love the works of Irenaeus and Augustine and others. You know, it's just 
And, and, and so as a result of it, it's like, you know, I, I, can, I can read across a wide spectrum of different theological positions, and that actually helps me. So many people, they, in their purity way of thinking, they, they think that they can't be exposed to a different perspective. But I, I have found that the more I have been in, uh, exposed to you know, different perspectives and even false teaching, it's forced me into the position where I've had to drill down and say, okay, what does the Bible really say here? And so, yeah. you know, um, because, you know, there, there's, and I've gotten to a point now in, in my life where there's very few theological positions that even remotely provide me with any kind of temptation. It's like, maybe, maybe I need to rethink this. Uh, early on, it was like everything. It's like, I, I was kind of being tossed back and forth between a couple of different positions, but having done, especially fighting for the faith now for, uh, 11 and a half years, man, it's, wow. the years are getting up there. Um, that, um, that doing the discernment work day in and day out, I mean, I, it, this has been a great education for me and people go, I don't know how you do what you do. How do you listen to this stuff? And it's like, you know, it's like uh, funny enough, uh, it can be depressing at times, but being exposed to these people and go, okay, that's wrong. That, that's really wrong. But why is it wrong? And how do I then explain to people what the Bible really says and, and try to give language to what this person's doing? Uh, over the years, that's been a, a great trainer for me. And you'll note, I, I spend a lot of my time listening to people who are twisting the Bible, you know, <laughs> you know, so, you know. This is this is this has helped me, you know, better understand the scriptures by forcing me into the scriptures, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, Amy, you got to fill people in a little bit, I think, because you haven't been oh. with us for a while. We just talked yeah. the other day about how you you miss being able to do more discernment stuff. What uh, do you have any plans for the future in this regard? I do. I, I just, um, I know that I need to get back into writing. That's, um, that's what I do. I needed to take a season though and step back. And it was because of these discernment issues about a year ago. Uh, yeah, about a year ago, um, I started working in the nonprofit sector. I went back to work, paid some bills, paid some medical bills. It's great. But, um, but I took a step back because things were happening. Um, and, it, it's brutal out there. I mean, if you're, if you're on Twitter, it's, it's just a, a bad place to be. And I saw that um, I was starting to become that tainted person. And I really didn't like that in myself. I needed to um, repent of some things. And so I just very quietly put uh, Berean research and Berean examiner just on a little hiatus. Didn't say much. I had one article, I think on Berean research just saying I'm, I'm stepping back. And, um, and it's been a, a really good, break. It's been like a sabbatical. Um, I could rest in the Lord and, um, you know, I've stayed, you know, in, in touch and everything, but um, I, I really do need to be, um, you know, doing the work that I, that I need to be doing. And that's um, writing articles that will help people discern between what is being taught out there. And Chris is right. It's getting worse um, and the truth of scripture. And so um, I do little things here and there, but yeah, it's, it's time to get back in. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. If that helps. Yeah, it does. Now, a little bit of a note here. Steve, the rest of your article, you have, uh, you know, like these uh, Ten Commandments of Discernment that Robert Bowman uh, put together. And uh, we're, we're not going to go through those now, but, uh, you know, because Amy has uh, some things she needs to get to today. And I, I want to be uh, somewhat yeah. uh, 
kind towards her regarding her time. So again, there's going to be a link to the article down in the description uh, of uh, of this uh, installment of Fighting for the Faith. But I, I'm going to remind people then of uh, what Christ says, and that is is that Christ, in describing what the last times would be like, he says that because of the increase of wickedness, the love of many would grow cold. And at the end of the day, if the reason why you're doing discernment isn't about loving and serving your neighbor, then there's a real problem. And if yeah. the if the increase of wickedness is causing you to become jaded to where there is no love in what you're doing, then you need to consider the words that Christ had written to the church of Ephesus in the book of Revelation. And here's what it says. Uh, to the church, uh, to the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, who walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your works, your toil, your patience, how you cannot bear with those who are evil. You have tested those who call themselves apostles and are not, and you found them to be false. And so, you know, Jesus, right out of the out of the shoot, is commending the church at Ephesus for their discernment, you know, for you know, not tolerating evil and even investigating those who are claiming to be apostles and are not and finding out that they were right, that they're not really apostles. And he says this, I, I know that you are enduring patiently and you're bearing up for my name's sake and you've not grown weary, but I have this against you, that you've abandoned the love that you had at first. So remember, therefore, from where you have fallen, repent and do the works that you did at first. If not, I will come and I will remove your lampstand from its place unless you repent. And so you'll note then that Christ calls the church of Ephesus a discerning church, by the way, you know, a model of discernment to repent because they had lost the love that they had they had in, in, in that was motivating them initially. And so and that's and that's the discerner's temptation. That's the temptation that actually faces me on a you know, week in and week out basis. And uh, and, you know, and I had a little bit of a sabbatical myself much needed. Uh, you know, as we kind of were thinking about what's the future of fighting for the faith and pirate Christian media, but uh, um, you know, the, the the battle can wear you out, the and, and it can make you jaded. And if if that's happening to you, and you're not doing what you're doing in motivation to snatch people from the fire, to uh, express the love and the joy that that, that you have uh, over the fact that you have been forgiven by Christ, and if you're not incensed about the fact that people are not hearing the gospel, but hearing this nonsense that is keeping them from the real message of Scripture, which is so comforting, and, and doing so out of love, then what ends up happening is, is that you are subjecting yourself to the very judgment that Christ was threatening to the church of Ephesus. And this is the reason why he had to call them to repent. So, you know, at the end of the day, everything we do in the world of discernment has to be done for the sake of neighbor and in love for them. That doesn't mean that you you can't engage in humor. You know, humor is a good weapon in the apologist's arsenal. But at the end of the day, it's not about the humor. At the end of the day, it's got to be about what the Bible really says, and it's got to be about Christ. You know, if it's not about him and what he's done for us, and the fact that false teaching takes us away from that, and no, no, you need that, I need that, then then there's something really wrong. And, uh, and you know, and Christ's words then ring across the pages of the book of revelation to us. And that is, we need to repent and return to yeah. our love. Without that, we're, we're not, we're, we're useless. Yeah. Amen, Amen. Chris, that, that verse has just um, always been something that I hold to um, 
And uh, you're right, the temptation to um, get on there and become the news story is is huge. Uh, and I would just tell people, you know, even if you're not a blogger, but you're just on social media, or you, you know, and you have something that you need to share, great, step up on the soapbox, share it, share scripture, and then get off. Don't don't sit there and argue your point and yeah. um, come, you know, try to find your name on social media to see what they're saying about you, so that you can jump in. Uh, and, and you know, you go months and months with your you know posting things. Stop. Just you know, whose battle is it? It's the Lord's, and mm-hmm. so let the Lord handle it. Um, he knows what He's doing better than we do. Um, and all you need to do is post what you post, and then that's it. Exactly. You don't need to argue. You don't need to become the news. Right. Exactly. Mm. Exactly. Good point. Great points. All right. Well, guys, I'm going to I'm going to wrap up here. And uh, but thank you guys for coming on. It, it, it's been way too long since we've my, had a pirate gang conversation. And my coffee's <laughs> empty anyway. So this, yeah. this whole thing. Me too. I'm empty, too. Yeah, I'm sorry, guys. Yeah, I, I don't know what I was well, thanks for getting the band back together, Chris. Really appreciate yeah. it. We need to do this more we're often. On, we're, we're on a mission from God. I'm getting the band back together. <laughs> <laughs> this is nuts. So what'd you think? Love to get your feedback. If you'd like to email me regarding anything you've heard on this edition or any previous editions of Fighting for the Faith, you can do so. My email address is talkbackatfightingforthefaith.com or you can subscribe on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash pirate Christian. Follow me on Twitter. My name there at pirate Christian. Until next week, may God richly bless you in the grace and mercy won by Jesus Christ. His vicarious death on the cross for all of your sins. Amen.